Catholic Radio for Fargo-Moorhead and the Valley. Also on the web at www.kenzfm.com. As a non-commercial radio station, Ken's FM survives in large part by the generosity of listeners like you, who value public radio and have become a member. Your donation continues to allow... Cannot justify your rocking attitude era live with Icon, Granny Hawkster, and Big Swing. And yes, it is Monday night, and you know what that means. Attitude Air Live has officially taken over 89.1 Ken's FM, and we are rocking live with you tonight. And always we have Granny back with us. How are you, Granny? I'm doing well. Thank you, Icon. Glad to be back here on 89.1, Ken's FM. If I'm not mistaken, if I look across the bow there, I do see Matthias. How are you? Well, after an interesting week last week and a decent weekend and a good meal about an hour and a half ago, I'm ready to uh, start up another great show on 89.1, Ken's FM. All right. And as we continue here... We do have an interesting show tonight, and uh, always uh, we have uh, Steve Hansen. We're going to have uh, Angela Bradford, and we're going to have Robin Head. And uh, she is the head of the ring, an independent, well, I guess you could say one of Matthias's favorite friends in the ring, the uh, official, the referee. She's going to talk to us about the independent scene. <laughs> but uh, everybody's wondering uh, what happened to Granny last week. Uh, we did have a great villain, Sebastian Kane, who uh, graces us with the great theme song here on the show. But, uh, Granny, kind of uh, take us through uh, why we missed you last week. Oh, um, I had to make a trip to Kansas to help my mom with some things for a few days, and that's why um, I wasn't able to be on last week. So I apologize well, to all know, the listeners out there. So. And uh, one, of, one of our guests uh, uh, last week was uh, was hoping that uh, you were going to be here last week. And, uh, well, we we had uh, – he gave us some fun stories. And uh, I said uh, – I asked him, I said, okay, give us the best granny story. And he's like, uh, well, um, I don't know if I should do that. And uh, we said, go ahead, it'll be fine. And – he he mentioned to us how uh, some of the bad guys really look forward to seeing you ringside, and they like to talk oh, to do. you about that. Oh, <laughs> they do. They do. They they enjoy seeing me at ringside very much. So, yeah. And uh, he's right about uh, that. What, you know, uh, I'm I'm kind of curious, Matthias. You know, uh, you you are a heel, and we know this. And Granny doesn't like the heels, but. You know, I wonder what would happen if uh, Granny was in the audience and you uh, showed up to the ring. What would happen between you guys? I'm curious. Well, uh, I guess we'd have to see what uh, what would come down to it. I mean, I've known to, you know, take people's canes away. I've known to pour water or alcohol on people. I've been around to, you know, I've just been I've been doing a lot of things to the audience recently. In my shows that they've gotten on my nerves a little too much. So if Granny were to uh, 
raise her voice or, you know, try to get up with a cane or something like that, I guess we'll have to we'll have to see what happens if she comes to one of my shows. I'm more than willing to come to her if need be, and we'll see what happens. Well, you know, Granny, we definitely got to get you to Fargo at some point because uh, there there is a couple people that want to see you. Of course, Matthias wants to see you. I want to see you. And uh, I know that Sylvester J. Fox would definitely like to have some. I don't, would definitely like to I see don't think Mr. Sylvester J. Fox really wants to see Granny. I don't think he really wants to see me. Well, you know, it's it's it's... Well, it, it's it's kind of like a it, it's kind of like a, a, something that we need to get done, really. And of course, you know, the, there is one other main little guy that wants to see you, Granny. You know who I'm referring to. I know, I know, my sweet little Homer. And uh, you know, speaking of your sweet little Homer, uh, he has uh, he's been uh, he has been feeling well lately. Uh, he's been having Aww. an eye issue. And uh, baby. Yeah, I know, and uh, we've been taking care of the we've been taking care of the guy, and uh, and uh, you know we keep telling him, you know, Granny's coming to see you. Granny's coming to see you, and every time we say Granny's coming to see you, he kind of, his ears kind of perk up. But um, well, let's just say that uh, we we keep promising him that we're going to make it happen, even if we have to fly you out ourselves or send a limousine, stretch limousine to you, and whatever. We're definitely going to do that. Because uh, we definitely want to have you down here and um, uh, join us at some point in studio. We we have enough microphones, and uh, you know I think that would be awesome if you were here, and uh, you and uh, you and Matthias could sit face to face and uh, share humorous oh, wow. stories when oh, when, no. wow. when I'm on the air. So we have uh, we have about uh, ten minutes before our first guest shows up. Uh, hey, Matthias, take us to uh, what you got coming up on the wrestling horizon. Well, um, I'm hoping to uh, I'll be in the uh, Wrestleversary Rumble for Below Zero Wrestling on May 15th, and I'll be going against superstars. Let me see if I can pull up the picture here really quick. I will be going up against Brandon Nitro, Nick the Natural Nelson, Rock Solid Ross, Jake Taylor, uh, the time traveler DeLorean Diggs, and Mr. Incredible. It'll be us seven in a Rumble match. And whoever gets uh, whoever gets the last uh, elimination will be in the running for a BZW mat, a BZW title match, where you get to pick the stipulation. So I'm going to be winning that, and I will see. I have to think about what kind of match I want to, you know, partake in when either I face Jack Ledger, the current champion, or one of the Sly guys in uh, the system, and then I'm hoping to wrestle for. Uh, Puffamania and I are in talks of wrestling on June 3rd, where I take on a very popular superstar for a very specific belt. Then I'll be heading down to, I believe it is Iowa, on June 4th, where I will be watching, I will be going to a show that has a bunch of legends on it, uh, just to go and, you know, talk and make connections to work down there. Then I'll be making my Wisconsin debut in a couple of months, um... And for ACW, I think, is the show, is what it's called. And then hopefully I'll work in Iowa. And then I'm trying to think if there was another big match I had coming up. EWI is hoping to run some shows here very soon, so I can put my diamond title on line. We'll just have to see what the future holds, I guess. Now, uh, you know, put, putting your diamond title on the hold, uh, on hold, uh, on, uh, on the line, do you have an idea who you might want to face? 
Well, uh, basically for that title, um, it is a 24-7 hardcore championship. So, like, if Granny were to come over here and challenge me for the belt, I'd have to put it on the line. So if she wants to come get a whooping for a belt, she can. she's more than welcome to come up here to Fargo. But it's basically anybody who challenges me uh, for my diamond title, I have to accept and put it on the line. So I've been getting called out by a couple of people from the Elite Wrestling Initiative uh, by the name of Alexander Chance Evans, known as Ace. I've had a guy named Lucas Alexander call me out wanting to challenge me, but they haven't come up to Fargo yet. Heck, maybe even a BZW superstar might challenge me in the near future. I guess we'll have to see what happens. But if I could face anybody right now, I definitely would like a rematch with Rampage Santana after a show that we had, and he got a lucky one, two, three on me. So maybe I'll put my belt online and get another match with him. Well, you know, we know that you're definitely going to be successful with uh, your title matches because you're on the show and you can't really let us down. But Absolutely. What... Uh... What uh, kind of stipulation are, are you looking forward to? Are you just going to call out Vince Russo and say, "Hey, what do you give me some ideas?" <laughs> well, current, like I said, the, the the championship that I hold is a hardcore belt, so anything goes. So it's like any weapon can be used, any moment in time, whatever. Um, one match I'd like to actually participate in that I have yet to partake in is a steel cage match or a TLC match. Um, I've done hardcore, I've been in thumbtacks, barbed wire, I've done all those kind of things, but if I could do a specific match, I'd like to do either a ladder match, like a TLC, or a steel cage, one of the ones I have not partic- participated in, and put my title on the line and win and retain it, so I could say I've done that. And uh, just as long as we can uh, uh, help you avoid doing thumbtacks, that would be uh, that would be most uh yeah, that was, that, was the, that was the unfortunate part, because after I got hit in the um, nether regions by my opponent of hotshot Danny Duggan, and all of a sudden I look, and I'm about to do a front flip, and there's, uh, there's thumbtacks covering a table, and the table did not break, so I just laid there with a bunch of tacks in my back, and yeah, that was, uh, that was quite a match. But he got the 1-2-3, hoping to get some revenge on him later, and maybe uh, give him a little rough cut with some barbed wire. We'll see what happens. And that would be uh, awesome. And, of course, I know you'll give us updates as uh, as that gets closer. Absolutely. So we're waiting for our first guest. Here on, we are on 89.1 Ken's FM. We are live every Monday night. And uh, we do have a assignment for everybody. If you go to our Attitude Air Live page, you like that. Uh, you go to 89.1 Ken's FM page, like that, and do a $10 donation to Power of the Tower. We will definitely uh, get you qualified to win a autograph from a past guest, a future guest, or a current guest. And speaking of current guests, uh, we have one waiting in the wings, but uh, we need to take a quick timeout, listen to a message from one of our sponsors, and we will be back after these messages. The new Woodspring Suites of Fargo, located at 1090 35th Street North at the I-29 and 12th Avenue North Interchange is an extended stay, pet-friendly hotel with kitchenettes in every room, including a stovetop, full-size fridge, and microwave, plus a big 40-inch flat-screen TV with free Wi-Fi. You can book a room at 701-582-1600 or online at www.woodspring.com. Woodspring Suites of Fargo, rated 4.2 by TrustScore. And uh, Woodspring Suites of Fargo is a great hotel to stay for, uh, and we want to thank Scott Helmers for doing that commercial for us. He's a talented guy. I know him real well. I've known him since I was a kid. 
And uh, if you're looking to uh, – if you're looking for a great, relaxing stay in a nice hotel, Woodspring Springs of Fargo is it. But right now, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, about to referee this next match. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the one and the only, the most beautiful referee in the history of independent wrestling. She is Robin Head. Hi, how's it going? Great. Hey. How are you? Hey, this Good. Hey, this is Robin the Rack. You're listening to uh, the Attitude Era Monday, live Monday on 89.1 Kins FM with your host, the icon, the big swing, Granny Hoekster, and the modern nightmare, Matthews. Well, Matthias, but anyway, we'll, we'll go with it. So how are oh, you, Robin? Sorry. Good to have My you bad. on with us. <laughs> good to have I'm you on good. with us. How are you? I, I'm good. I finished wrestling training about 30 minutes ago, so I'm nice and warmed up to talk about wrestling. All right, well, here's how we'll do this. We'll have you give us a little background about yourself, and then uh, we'll uh, ask you a few questions, do a roundtable, then we'll come back to me, and I'll ask you the tougher questions. All right. Go ahead. I I became a wrestling fan around the start of COVID, so back in, like, like, March 2020, um, watched, became a fan for about a year and then decided I wanted to get into the business. So I found a local company that was offering training. So I signed up in March or April of 2021 and within six months started roughing. And then uh, as of this year, I've started roughing and wrestling. So now uh, with your with your wrestling and being a referee, you know that could kind of uh, that could kind of uh, go work in two ways. Because if you if you're wrestling and if the referee makes a bad call, you can call them out right in the middle of the ring because you would say, "Hey, that's not how I would have uh, handled that situation." But uh, what kind of uh, what kind of referee are you? Are you like a uh, Nick Patrick uh, that will? Uh, the bad guy? Are you like, um, oh, um, like Sylvester J. Fox, who uh, will uh, disqualify you when you're walking to the ring? Or are you more like a uh, Earl Hebner that will uh, ring the bell when you don't submit? What kind of referee are you? I definitely try to be a straight shooter, but I'm put in a lot of circumstances where I've become very partial. Especially being a female ref, I've been in a lot of situations where the male wrestlers decide to try to pick on me, and I won't tolerate it. So I've been in multiple spots where I have slapped a wrestler for getting in my face. Uh, we have uh, Robin as our guest here, and uh, she we're on 89.1 Ken's FM, and we have uh, 30 minutes with Robin. Now, when you you said you you became a fan uh, during COVID and you started uh, you started out as a, a referee, did you um, did you go to a did you go to a school or did you have some uh, a local event that you went to and you said, hey, how do I get involved? Or did someone pick you out in the crowd and say, hey, you'd look, you'd make a good referee or you should get involved in this? How did that come about? I went to a local event. Um because I had never been to an indie show, obviously. So I went to my first indie show, had a blast, and uh, met a lot of the wrestlers, like, afterwards. 
and uh, had, later that night reached out to the promoter and was, hey, I'm interested in this. Like, how do I like, do it? And then he let me know that he had a school going on at the time. So I started training at his school. And, yeah. That's uh, that's actually pretty cool. So uh, we're gonna uh, we're gonna kind of do a roundtable here, um, and then uh, we'll come back to me. We have uh, we have Granny Hulkster who sometimes likes the referees as long as they're uh, as long as they're not vicious. But uh, Granny, what do you have for our guest? Go ahead. Well, welcome to the show. We're glad to have you on. So, as a referee, what has been one of your most challenging matches you've had to referee and uh, what kind of match was it? Okay, I've had two very challenging matches, which was the first one was a match with Thunder Rosa and Madeline Kowski. I had been refing less than a month. Oh, we know them. Like my third or fourth show. And I wrecked with Mission Pro, and they're very pro women, so they wanted me to do the main event. And I definitely wasn't ready for it yet, but, like, I went out there and, like, did my best. So that one was really challenging because there's a lot of, like, quick pins and stuff like that, and I didn't really know what I was doing yet, so I wasn't confident in counting. Um, but another really challenging match I had was just a couple of weeks ago between this guy named Derek James, who's a local Oklahoma guy, and I know, I know, I know, I know Derek quite well. There was an incident in the match where Derek went to pin him and Jake popped out and accidentally like hit me in the throat. Oh, my. So I, like, fell, and it was a big thing. We had to get another ref out there. Wow. wow. That's, that's that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> now, now we have a, uh, we have a, uh, our other co-host, Matthias, um, is a, is a, re- uh, a independent wrestler himself and a darn good one in that. Uh, he's also been a human pincushion because the referee had their back turned and it uh, couldn't stop the mayhem. But, Matthias, what do you got for our guest? Go ahead. Well, I guess I, first I want to thank you for coming on the show. It's always a pleasure having somebody, a fellow person in the business, uh, be on our show. First up, like, I want to talk about my, I guess I kind of wanted to mention a couple of things. So you said how like, you, like, you were thrown into the main event and how nervous you were and stuff like your very first main event. When I first got into the business, um, I was training to be a wrestler, never trained to be a ref, and all of a sudden they're like, we need a ref, and I knew most of the rules. I knew basically what to do because I've watched WWE for a number of years. And they said, go, you're in the show, and I ref the whole show mm-hmm. all by myself, no whatever. I, I just I had to go out there and do it, and I found that pretty, uh, pretty challenging but also pretty entertaining for myself. And then, uh, as you said, you've uh, you've been kicked in the throat. I've had I got hit in the throat with a kendo stick. I've been slapped all up and down. I've been hit by 500-pound sumo dudes wearing an orange mask. I've been all over the place. Um, but my main question to you is: now that you you said you're getting involved with refing and wrestling, um, do you see it more entertaining, or do you find it more fun being a ref where you're actually in control of the match? 
or did, would you say you would prefer being in the ring as a superstar, as a uh, as a worker? Why either or? Or if you see them both as a similar, explain why. I definitely ha- like. I haven't had a ton of matches. I've probably had uh, like ten or twelve in the past like two months. Um, okay. As far as as far as wrestling goes, and I can understand the appeal of both. I think that. For me, with my experience of had refing, I'm more confident when I go out there as a ref and, like, not being, well, kind of being the center attention, but not the way a worker would be. Yeah. It's definitely easier, and I feel more in control while being a wrestler. You come out, and the crowd's going to love you or hate you, versus when you're a ref, like, the crowd might get mad at you for a call, but they don't, like, immediately hate you when you walk out. Exactly. Yeah, I've had, uh, well, because I, I am North Dakota's number one heel, and when I've had to uh, fill in as ref, and I've had to, uh, you know, influence a couple of matches, people really haven't liked me very much. So they don't either like me on the refing nor the wrestling experience. So, I mean, I could come out and they'll boo me or throw trash at me or for Granny's Granny Hulkster's sake, she tries to hit me with her cane, I'll take it and run away <laughs> so she can't catch up to me, you know. But other than that, it's just I've been hated either way. And I, but I've enjoyed both sides where it's your – like you said, you're not the you're not really the center of the attention as the ref, but you're in control. Versus whether you're a wrestler and you know all eyes are basically on you. It's 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 challenging either way in in my experience. I definitely. Uh, Robin, agree. Ha- no. Sorry, uh, Ro- Robin is our guest here. We got about uh, 24 minutes with uh, Robin. So now we're going to uh, ask you the more difficult questions. The first one is, you know, you mentioned you became a wrestling fan during, uh, you know, at the start of COVID. So when you say you became a fan at the start of COVID, does that mean you, you just became familiar with it? You just turned on the TV or someone took you to an event or you were flipping through the channel and you saw a couple of guys whacking each other? How did that come about? I'm curious. So uh, we didn't watch wrestling in my house growing up. That's just not a thing that was happened. I was uh, raised by my mom, and I have all sisters. Like, we didn't watch wrestling at home. So, uh, in, like, 2016, my husband and I were sitting around, locked in the house, because COVID happened. Everything was shut down. And he's been a lifelong wrestling fan, and we had just finished the Game of Thrones series, and he was like, you know, I've always been kind of embarrassed to tell you this, but, like, I'm super into wrestling. Would you mind watching some of it and see what you think? So we watched a couple of random matches on YouTube and then decided to uh, start tuning in to Dynamite because his friend and him had kept messaging him, talking it up. So we decided to watch it together, and I got immediately hooked but also way so, too cocky and was like, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> wow. And uh, so basically what happens is now that uh, now that you're into the business, uh, you can, uh, if your husband doesn't do the dishes, you just like put him in a headlock or flip <laughs> him over and whatever. Yeah. The first time I learned how to do chops, I came home and immediately started slapping him. 
Oh no! Wow. <laughs> uh, and even, you know, now, I, Grant, even now, when I'm wanting to practice something at home, I'm like, all right, like, come here. Like, this is how I want you to hold me. Like, Well, you, you know, it's it's kind of funny how you mentioned that. Uh, sometimes my wife likes to do that. Uh, you know, she you know, she saw a video on Ric Flair, and uh, she's like, is this how I – and I'm like, yeah, but don't ever do that again. She's like, well, you got to do the dishes or else I will do it again. <laughs> I bet it was across the face, though, not the chest, right? Right. Well, no, it was it was it was it was across my back. You oh, know. geez. Uh, which kind of hurt, but now uh, I don't know if we're allowed to uh, reveal this, but uh, you know, you you have you basically have two personas. You have the referee, and then you have uh, the wrestler uh, Luna Nightshade, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, yes. you do wear a mask, correct? Yes, I wear a mask as Luna um, to try to keep her as a separate person or as, like, an alter ego, like a, a Superman, Clark Kent kind of thing. So I guess my question is, what if uh, someone says, uh, how come uh, Robin doesn't uh, want to referee one of Luna's matches? <laughs> uh, I have a sister who's training for wrestle, so at some point I'm going to have her wear my mask so then I can ref one of Luna's matches. Now, now that would be awesome. You know, uh, remember, that's how uh, Dr. X and Andy Kaufman got started uh, with him and Tony Clifton. So uh, that would actually be cool. Now, you, uh, on the, uh, on April 9th, you had a uh, a match. You were in a battle royal. And if I'm not mistaken, you were the victor, victor of that Royal Rumble, correct? Uh. I mean, yes, Luna Nightshade was the victor in a battle royal with Premier Independent out of Perry, Kansas. Now, do you find that uh, in your training that when, when you are training that uh, it's it's a little more difficult to uh, to do certain things compared to uh, what you're refereeing, like when you watch, for instance, when you're when you're refereeing, you're basically doing controlling the match. But uh, as a wrestler, you're taking um, you know you're taking cues from the referee and everything, so you kind of know the language. Does that make it easier for you being in the ring, or is that more difficult because you want to do your thing and then you're trying to listen to what uh, they're cueing you? I think the transition. Uh to me being a wrestler was a lot easier than a lot of like fresh kids who didn't spend the time repping just because I'm familiar with more layouts of matches and I'm also familiar with ring positioning and stuff like that. So I'm aware of where the ref is going to be because typically when you practice, there's not a ref in there running the drills and stuff. So a lot of new wrestlers don't think about like there being a, ne- a third person in the ring but because I've had so much experiences refing and watching the way they communicate to the crowd or one another, I can easily transition that into my own experiences as a wrestler versus if I wouldn't have had this experience, I would be more lost. And with, uh, with, uh, with your training, what kind of uh, 
what what kind of um, schedule do you do you have when it comes to training? Do you like get up at six in the morning and uh, have a couple raw eggs and then go uh, bench press five hundred pounds and then uh, uh, go to work and then go back to the gym? What what kind of training regimen do you have? I uh, I try to eat healthy, but I don't have like a strict diet. For me, it's more just try to eat enough instead of like limiting what I eat or something like that. Um, I already love a lot of vegetables and stuff like that, so my main goal is to just eat enough. But as far as going to the gym or training, I train uh, every Thursday uh, and like every other Monday I do like wrestling class. And then Monday through Saturday, if I'm not out of town, I try to hit the gym. But Sundays, I'm usually exhausted from traveling all weekend, so that's my, like, rest day that I do not get off the couch. I normally order pizza. Now, when you – well, so when you're uh, doing your shows now, you can you can either rep or wrestle. Do you ever do both? I do. I'm, I would say about 50% of the time I do both. And uh, with, with – that follows me in my next question. Uh, do you, uh, you? It's obviously easier for you to do rep a few matches than wrestle, correct? Than it is to uh, wrestle, you know, then basically get all sweaty, then try and uh, referee. Uh, you prefer to referee first and then wrestle, right? Um, I mean that hasn't been my experience. I usually wrestle earlier in the show have time to quickly change and then wrestle after that. But my debut match of wrestling, I wrestled three different times. It was a women's tournament. And two of those was like different gimmicks. And then I wrestled the main event. And uh, I'm just kind of curious about uh, your ring attire. Uh, the uh, the mask that you wear, is that uh, – uh, is that is that one that you designed, or is that uh, does that have some kind of symbolism? So, uh, when I first decided to that I was going to start wrestling, and uh, before I had ever been to a wrestling show, like this was just a joke between me and my husband. He ordered this mask with the intent to just put it on display somewhere in the house just because he liked it and thought it would look cute, like, with our, like, wrestling figures, basically. And after I'd been training for close to a year, I decided I was going to take that mask and wear it. So I just kind of stole it out of his office and was like, hey, BT Dubs, I'm going to wear this and see how it goes. <laughs> wow. Uh, Luna Nightshade is our guest here, and uh, we have uh... – well, we have about uh, ten minutes here with Luna. Now, for those of you who who have not seen uh, uh, Luna Nightshade or, or Robin, now I, I can't really describe what she looks like as a referee. But if you, when she's wearing a mask, she kind of she kind of reminds me of Paige uh, from the WWE with her look and her build. And I forgive me if you don't like that comparison, but uh, you know you look just like Paige but with a mask. Um, I don't know if I have an opinion on that. 
Okay, okay. I could definitely well, you... see that. I'm skinny and pale. That makes sense. Why? Well, why? Well, well, I guess you can. Uh, well, I guess you could dislike me later on that, but uh, so we have uh, time to do this. Uh, what, uh, what what's uh, on the horizon for you in the next uh, couple weeks or a couple months uh, for events? What do you got uh, going on? Like when and where? And if our fans listening in those areas might come see you, where are you performing at? Um, all right, I'll just kind of go through the next couple of weeks. I have a lot of stuff coming up. Um, this. Friday, I'll be at Core Professional Wrestling in Tulsa, Oklahoma. This Saturday, I will be at Top of Texas out of Amarillo, Texas. April 30th, I will be at NCWO out of McAllister, Oklahoma. Then May 7th, I will be with UWO in, uh, I think, Wichita Falls. And, uh, you know, uh, Granny, I, I think she'd be a great addition if you could ever get her to Arkansas for Wrestling with a Cause. Well, Wrestling for a Cause is actually in Tulsa, Icon, and I'm very familiar with the core professional wrestling that she's talking about in Oklahoma. I've met Granny Hulkster there before. Yes, she I has. Think it was really? Before I start, it may have been before I started wrestling. I don't remember. I think it Granny, was. You, I think you, it was. Do you remember you, that? I think it was. I think it was before you started rapping. So. So there's there's no there's no uh, heat between you two, is there? No. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> now, okay. So that leads me to the next question: When when you wrestle, are you more of a baby face, a heel, an in between? Are you more of a crowd individual? I'm definitely kind of a tweener. It depends where I'm at. I originally, we were going to have me be heel when I came out, but for the most part, I'm faced. Unless I'm wrestling my sister, then I'm very heel. Well, uh, Granny, she can be heel. Like so, so, so there might be problems with you uh, pretty soon. Well, you know, if she if she's at a wrestling if I'm at a wrestling show that she happens to be at and she happens to be healed that night, well, bring it on. I'll <laughs> I'll 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 give it everything that I've got. Luna and Matthias <laughs> versus Granny, let's book it. <laughs> <laughs> now now uh now Luna uh do you plan on uh Luna Robin I I'm 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 actually confused at this point, but now you can do, you, call me uh, Robin. do you plan on Robin, okay, now do you plan on wanting to uh, travel all over, or, or do, you, do you just want to, like, stay in, like, a certain area? Ideally, I would like to travel all over. I've been invited to wrestle in Missouri, but I don't have my license there yet, so I haven't done that. And then uh, here pretty soon, I hope to be wrestling in Colorado as well, as Oklahoma, Texas, Kansas. And then I've been in talks with a company out in California to wrestle with them. So what would we have to do to uh, get you to uh, North Dakota to come wrestle for one of our promotions? Uh, send me the promoter's name and let me know about licensing information. Well, uh, Matthias, you might know a little bit about that uh, it, you know, licensing and stuff like that. Uh, what, do you have to, what do you have to go through? I guess I've never been asked that before. 
Honestly, I don't think there is any licensing process for North Dakota. I've been wrestling for upwards of five years, and I I don't think you have to get – it's like where you go to the bigger companies and the bigger states, I've heard. Like if you travel, like I said, I, I, I've been a North Dakota guy ever since I started wrestling, so I've actually never heard of having to – because I haven't ever wrestled out of North Dakota, so I'd have to talk to one of my promoters and see if they knew because I – honestly, I'm I'm just as lost as you are in that process. <laughs> Oklahoma requires you to have blood work done and a physical done by an MD. Okay, okay, yeah, maybe North, maybe maybe North Dakota is similar. Uh, like I said, I I've just been rep wrestling for this for a company for EWI. Then I got noticed by PWA and BZW and AWF and all that. And I've been worth wrestling for them. I haven't traveled yet, so I haven't got any of that information yet. So. Yeah, like I said, I'm just as lost as Icon there. <laughs> I said not all states do it. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it's interesting. I guess I've never been uh, – I've, I've never heard of that before. But, uh, well, I'll tell you what. We have uh, – Robin's our guest here. we got uh, just a few minutes left here. Uh, before uh, before we uh, sign off here, if our fans want to check you out, you got an Instagram, a Facebook, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok. What do you got? Um, you can follow me on Instagram at luna.wrestling. You can follow me on uh, Facebook. Uh, I think it's just Robin Head. And then Twitter is robin.c.rest. I'm working on getting this all changed over to the same thing, but I haven't on my hands. So all right. next time well, it'll I'll be more concise. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. We definitely want to get you uh, back on again uh, with us. And uh, when uh, things uh, pick up for you, like when you're going for a title or something, I want you to keep in contact with me. Uh, uh, get you uh, get you back on with us, and uh, we can uh, talk about uh, any title defenses or any titles that you're going for, and then we can get our fans out to see you and cheer you on and uh, start a little fan club for you. But uh, also, um, we do have a little uh, deal going on for, your, for our fans. If uh, you know, if they go to our Facebook page, Attitude Air Live, and like that, they go to Ken's page, eighty-nine point one Ken's FM, like that. Do a ten dollar a month Power of the Tower donation. Uh, they can uh, win an autograph uh, from a past guest, current guest, and a future guest. Would you be willing to do a few autographs for giveaways? I would. Yes. All right, and I will send you the details, and I, we do thank you for being on with us and joining us, and you have been awesome, and we'll definitely have you back on again. Thanks, thank Robin. you so much for having me. Awesome. Thanks, Robin. Uh, now, remember, go count out those bad guys and go beat your sister for us. <laughs> Sounds great. I will. Take care, Robin. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that was a Robin, a.k.a. Um, <laughs> uh a.k.a. Luna, Nightshade. Wow, interesting. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, our next guest is waiting in the wings, but uh, we're going to take a quick little time out, listen to one of our sponsors, and we will be back after we hear these messages. Ladies and gentlemen, the new clocks are here. The new clocks are here. Yes, for a limited time, you can get your very own 89.1 Ken's FM clock. For a $25 donation, you can get a classic analog round-faced clock with the 89.1 Ken's FM logo on the front. 
Just go to our website, www.kensfm.com, and under the More Merch tab, you will find the clocks along with numerous other new merch you can order. Get yours now while supplies last. We have these in limited quantity, so order now at www.kensfm.com. You know, I that's probably my favorite commercial that we have here on 89.1 Kens FM. And, uh, you know, Ken, the owner of the station, he puts so much heart and soul into that commercial, especially with the new clocks are here, the new clocks are here. And I'll tell you what, it's a great clock. So I recommend going to your computer right now, click on the order form, order a clock, you'll love it. It's great. It helps you get through the day. It helps me get through the day. It's a great clock. But right now, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, our next guest of the night, and she can definitely put the scream to everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Angel Bradford. Hey, this is Angel Bradford, and you're listening to the Attitude Era Monday Live Monday on 89.1 Kins FM with your host, the icon, the big swing, Granny Holkster, and the modern nightmare, Matthias. And uh, how are you, Angela? Good to have you with us. <laughs> I'm doing great. How are you? Well, we're doing pretty good. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to have you give us a little background about yourself, and then uh, we'll, then I'll ask you a few questions, and we'll do a roundtable, then we'll come back to me, and I'll ask you the tougher questions. So uh, go ahead. Give us a little background. <laughs> All right. Cool. Um, well, I am 27 years old, um, and I just recently got into the uh, horror uh, indie industry. Um, it kind of started out uh, with... Uh, COVID, um, I've always been interested in makeup and horror movies ever since I was a little kid. My parents, you know, watch scary movies all the time, and I was just enamored um, by them. Um, but uh, I didn't really get a chance to practice any makeup or anything until COVID hit, and then, you know, me, like everybody else, kind of had all the time in the world, and I was able to uh, to practice and share my art um, with everybody. And uh, that's kind of how I got my foot in the door um, as far as the film industry uh, goes right now. And um, honestly, I really didn't think I would start acting either, um, but uh, I have to thank uh, Dwayne Etheridge, uh, for getting my my start with acting, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I I love horror. Um, I do a little bit of contortion. Um, I've uh, eaten fire before. Um, I just do I do a whole bunch of crazy things. <laughs> uh, Angel Bradford is our guest here, and uh, I, I've been looking for this uh, interview for a long time. Now, we're, we're going to talk a lot about uh, the movies and stuff that she's been in, and uh, we're also going to talk about uh, her upcoming Oscar performance uh, in uh, one of the movies that she was recently in. But Now, when you decided uh, to become an uh, actress in a horror, horror film genre, did you, uh, did you uh, go and um, – find like a uh, a director or did you send in uh, a couple audition tapes how did you get your foot in the door um so it started with makeup um at first 
And uh, the director, um, the second director who asked me to do makeup on his film, asked me to read as an understudy um, for an actress that he felt might drop out of the film. And when I sent him my audition tape, he made me the lead of Slumber Party, Slaughter Party 2. And that's how I got my foot in the door as far as acting goes. And uh, now I have seen Slumber Party, Slaughter Party 2. And uh, we'll we'll, we'll talk about that, too, as we go. Now, uh, before we uh, talk about all the the good stuff and all the movies that you've been in that I want to talk to you about... uh, we're we're going to do the round table and then we'll come back to me and then we'll uh ask you a few but the the one movie that uh I know that uh Granny Hulkster um has uh, seen that you were in was a uh, Wolf Hollow and I know Granny wants to ask you a few questions about that so go ahead Granny what do you got Well thank you for being on our show So what's it like to be an actress in a movie I mean it, What's your favorite thing about doing that? Um, so whenever I act, I really, like, I learn a lot about myself, um, you know, in, in every role that I do. Um, it's like exploring, you know, different facets of, like, the way that my brain works, you know, in terms of, you know, whether I'm being a scream queen or whether I'm being, you know, funny or if I'm acting like a snob. Um, normally I'm seen as like the nerdy girl or, you know, the cute girl next door. So whenever, whenever I'm acting in a horror movie, um, and this ginormous scream comes out of this tiny little person, it, it just like knocks everybody, you know, know, on the ground. And I, I love that. I love being able to, to surprise people, you know, and, um, I love bringing, you know, a different part of myself to each role that I'm that I'm in. Awesome. And I'll tell you what, guys, if you have never heard her scream, it is definitely blood curdling. <laughs> and uh um if I could use it as a a ringtone or even a you know, I'll tell you what, I don't know if anybody ever told you this or not, but your scream would make a perfect car alarm. Uh, I guarantee if someone's breaking into the car and they heard that, they would, <laughs> uh, they would, uh, they would definitely, uh, they would definitely back off of the vehicle. Uh, Angel Bradford's our guest here on 89.1 Kens FM. We got about 30 minutes here with, uh, Angel. So, uh, Matthias, I know that you like, uh, horror films. What do you have for our guest, Miss Bradford? Well, it's always a pleasure having another uh, fellow horror fan on the show, so welcome. Yes, uh, Icon, I am a very big fan of horror films. Uh, I just want to ask, because, you know, it's pretty much, I bet it's a it's a question asked, uh, uh, you've been probably asked before, but uh, what is one of your favorite horror films of all time? Like, what got you influenced or got you in, wanting to get you in the horror uh, series in film and such? And then what is one of your all-time favorite kills from a horror film okay this is great (laughs) um okay so as far as um what got me really interested in doing makeup for horror films uh was the movie creep show uh i'm a huge tom savini uh fan you know from friday the 13th and maniac and from dust till dawn and you know, creep show and just everything. He he's an amazing artist. 
And uh, Fluffy is my favorite creature ever in existence. Fluffy is amazing. Absolutely. Okay, <laughs> um, okay. And as far as um, my favorite kill in a movie, I would have to say um, it would be from Dead Alive, um, the lawnmower. I love it when he, um, the main character picks up the lawnmower and is just going ham on everybody in that house. Yeah. <laughs> I think the original name of it is Brain Dead. <clears throat> yes, I believe so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, Tom Savini is one of the absolute legendary uh, makeup artists and stuff and effects artists through the horror, the horror uh, genre and stuff. But I would have to say, because I was going to say, one of my favorite films that got me into horror because I'm a big slasher fan, I got to say, is the original Scream because I just I just enjoy it in general. And we actually talked to an actress who was in that film who played one of the girls in the bathroom when Sydney was hiding in the stall, and I got to talk to her about uh, stuff like that. But I got to say, one of my all-time favorite kills, just because of how, you know, brutal it is, was the uh, chainsaw kill from um, Evil Dead. Or, uh, yeah, the, the 2013 remake of Evil Dead when the demon says, I'm going to feast on your soul, and then... She says her line and then just sticks the chainsaw right in her face and just explodes mm. with blood and stuff. And the it was just mm. it was just incredible. It was gory. It was incredible. But yes, one but one kill that will always get me. And I don't know if you've seen this movie. It's the Hatchet series. I don't know if you're familiar with that one. I have seen the Hatchet series. Okay, so the very first one when they first come across Victor Crowley and he catches up to the old woman. It's the second death of the film, and he takes his hands in her mouth and rips her jaw in half. Oh, that, yeah. that always will get me because it's just like I can feel my mouth being stretched. And normally a horror yeah. film doesn't affect me, but every time I see that kill, I have to say I have to cringe a little bit. That's just like, ow, just to feel that and your skin stretching and no. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, I, I completely, yeah, I completely agree with you there. Um, have you seen Mutilator? That is actually one I have not seen, no. So there's there's a kill in Mutilator that that made me cringe, and it's me being a makeup artist, it's hard to make me cringe, um, but there's oh, yeah. a kill with a fish hook in there, and it involves a woman's body parts and a wow. fish hook, and oh. you can just imagine. <laughs> Okay, well, I will definitely have to uh, look into that because that actually sounds kind of interesting. Like, and, and I always talk, when I talk to fellow horror fans, it's like the stuff that people come up with, like for kills and stuff, it's just like intriguing. Like like I said, you've got you've got your fish hook kill. You've got the ripping the, the jaw in half. You've got the, mm-hmm. another one from the Hatching series when Victor uses that, you know, very long chainsaw with those two dudes. I know which one you're talking You know yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah. And, like, yeah. just... Just the creative kills that people come up with is just like, what what do you have to think about that just comes to that? And it's like, I mean, it's enjoyable. It's definitely enjoyable, but just like, wow, how can you come up with that? It's just, so just strange. So as an as, as an artist, I I can I can answer that because kills will just come come to my brain in an instant. Um, you know, if okay. I'm driving down the road and I see something. I'm like, oh, you know, that would make a cool kill. Or if I'm, like, visiting a new place, like a restaurant or, 
you know, like some sort of like museum or something. Like I'm always, if I see an artifact, I'm like, huh, I wonder how that could be used to kill somebody. <laughs> okay. N- name one, name one that you thought of that you just like randomly came to your mind. Oh man. Now, now, now you're making me think. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, well, um, you know, those, uh, um, like coat hanger things, like yep. whenever you walk into a, 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 you know, a house or whatever, and you have those like stands that people will put their like jackets on. Yep. Um, like a coat rack. I thought it would. Yeah. Um, I thought it would be cool, you know, if uh, somebody had used that as kind of like a, a javelin or like a spear or something and stabbed it through the face, and actually the posts, like two went through the eyes, and one, you know, one like went through the mouth, you know, like just. Overtaking okay. the whole face. <laughs> oh wow! Okay, that that's intriguing. Well, I was thinking like now that you mention it, I was thinking now like now you kind of mentioned a korak. I was thinking one with multiple sides on it, like they can impale them with it, and like they're like they can get like their ribs caught up on the edge, and it can like spread them around like an angel or something like that. That'd be kind of interesting. See, you just came up with a kill. Yeah, it's like it's, it's kind of weird just to think it's like, hmm, I wonder how that would uh, maim somebody. Just like, yeah, it's like I'm looking around the room right now where our where our studio is, and I'm like, I wonder how that microphone stand can be used interestingly, or the or the wooden stool over there, or even a microphone, or so. It's like there's a bunch of wires here. We could do a lot of electric things. Now, now you got me thinking. Now I'm gonna start thinking of some things. And uh, she'll probably use some of these uh, in one of her upcoming movies. She'll give the director the idea, and then, um, you know, uh, of course, because the icon booked on the show, I'll get all the credit, and then uh, you can be like a, a footnote or something with us. <laughs> I mean, if, I, if, if she wants to, if, if they want a six foot three, two hundred and sixty pound evil entity or a, or a killer or something like that, I'm more than down to act in any movie and get creative with something. I'm more than happy to do something like that. Heck yeah. Uh, Angel, Angel Bradford is our guest here on 89.1 Ken's FM, and we got about uh, 22 minutes. Now, we're going to kind of go through uh, some of your, uh, your filmographies. Uh, first off, right now, and, of course, we get all our information from imdb.com, uh, International Movie Database is where we get our information. So if it's wrong, you can blame them. Don't blame us. But according to uh, IMDB right now, you have uh, six movies that are filming. Is that correct? Uh, sounds about right. Uh, and it has you listed as a Scream Queen Campfire, uh, The House That Eats Flesh, where you're going to win an Oscar for that one, uh, Sam Hain, <laughs> Night of the Axe, yeah. uh, Go Straight yeah. to Heck, uh, Slumber Party, Slaughter <laughs> Party 2, and uh, that's what they say you have uh, uh, filming. And let's see, let's look at this. You have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 movies in pre-production. Uh, so it looks like your calendar is pretty much full for the next several years. Am I correct? <laughs> yes, I'm definitely booked all the way through this year. And that's... Uh, um, all the all the films that I'm working on this year um, haven't even been put onto my IMDb yet, so I still have a few more that I need to add just for this year. <laughs> so uh, I guess I guess the next question is like uh, Matthias just kind of uh, alluded to it. 
what would uh, like Matthias or I have to do uh, to have you speak to a, one of your directors and uh, maybe get us in as an extra? <laughs> um. I, well, I mean, I could always ask. <laughs> Um, I'm sure they would do a trade, and, uh, you know, if uh, they uh, were able to be featured on your show, maybe you could be an extra. Well, that's the next thing I was going to ask you. Would you be able to put us in touch with uh, some of uh, your directors and some of your co, uh, co-stars? co Oh, absolutely. That's awesome. Now, uh, a couple movies that I want to uh, ask about. Uh, of course, you know, we just talked about uh, your award winning uh, Oscar performance in the House of East West that's uh, upcoming. But I'm, I'm kind of curious about uh, uh, Elm Street, an independent tri- tribute film. Uh, that, that I know they did that one like that for Friday the 13th. Uh, is that going to be the same kind of thing? Um, yeah, so actually that uh, the director of that is also doing a couple other um, fan films. He's doing uh, Haddonfield, uh, All, All Hallows' Eve. Um, he's doing the Elm Street one, and he's currently working on uh, Friday the 13th fan film as well, uh, Crystal Lake. Um, I think Crystal Lake is going to be done filming this fall, and then probably Elm Street and Haddonfield will be starting next year. And um, I believe that's a Stephen Bastien, isn't it? Yes, it is. Now, uh, if you could hook us up with him, because I know you've done a few projects with him, if you could hook us up with him, uh, I would definitely like to have him on the show and uh, talk to him about all the stuff that he's got, because he's done a lot of stuff, and I would definitely like yep. to talk to him about that. He's also working on um, some Star Star Wars uh, fan films as well. Really? Uh-huh. Now, I'll tell you what. I would make a great... <laughs> I would make a great uh, Star Wars extra. Uh, you know, um, I know. What, what were they? The Jawas? Whoop, GD! Um, <laughs> you know. Jabberwocky? <laughs> Yeah, general, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Uh I would uh I would be definitely perfect with that. Uh now uh now I understand if you don't want to answer this next question, uh but I told you we we're going to ask you the uh tougher questions, but uh is there a director that you really like working for uh that you can't wait to do another project with again and uh and I understand if you don't want to answer the question, but is there uh, a director that you didn't feel that you didn't really have any connection with that uh you know, that you'd want to pass on if they send you a script? Um, I have no complaints um, so far about all the directors uh, that I've worked with. Um, I would say my favorite director so far um, that I've worked with uh, has either been uh, Donald Farmer, um, who... I've worked with on Shark Exorcist 2, and I'll be working with on uh, Debbie Does Demons. Um, I also really enjoy uh, working with Michael Taylor. Um, He uh, wrote In the Window, uh, which hasn't been filmed yet. That's been uh, kind of put off indefinitely. But he also did The Naughty List um, and is doing a Scream fan film. yeah, I mean, I, I really have enjoyed uh, all the directors that I've worked with. 
Um, and I would work with all of them again. You know, and uh, we we talked a little bit about uh, uh, the screen that you have. Uh, Angel Bradford's our guest here on 89.1 Ken's FM, live Monday nights uh, on 89.1 Ken's FM. we got about 16 minutes left here. Now, do you ever uh, practice uh, your screams uh, in your house? Because uh, I think your neighbors might wonder what's going on next door if you do that. Um, I have a couple times uh, for auditions. I've had to go all out for some screams. Um, but my, my neighbors know me pretty well. Um, I have horror memorabilia kind of all over the house. And the outside of the house is kind of covered in cobwebs because I have a very old house and it's not that easy to clean. <laughs> um, so they they definitely know that I uh, uh, am a scream queen for sure. Um, and, I mean, honestly, like, it, I, I, I'm fine with scaring them. <laughs> So I guess that, uh, you know, you mentioned uh, being a makeup artist. I guess that uh, you must be a pretty popular stop uh, for trick-or-treating on Halloween night, I would guess. Oh, my gosh, yes. Um, I I get asked, um, you know, every year people start asking me in, you know, like July or August um, for me to do their, their makeup for Halloween parties. Um, it's It's kind of gotten to the point, though, to where, um, I have Halloween, like, to myself, you know, like, the whole week before, you know, I'll be doing makeup for other people, but I like to save Halloween, um, you know, just for me and, you know, what I want to do. And actually, last year, I um, I did blood wrestling, which is just red jello wrestling, <laughs> um, at a place called Castle McCulloch in uh, Greensboro, North Carolina, and uh, that's definitely a fun event. It was great. <laughs> Uh, we need to uh, take a quick time out here. We'll be back after these messages. Point one, Ken's FM, KNNZ FM, Holly, Fargo, Moorhead. Independent public radio for Fargo, Moorhead, and the Valley. Also on the web at www.kensfm.com. Now we're get, now we definitely want to get into uh, a lot of the tougher questions here. Now. You, you, we, we know that uh, you're scream, scream queen, and we know that uh, I believe uh, your screams could uh, definitely break a decibel record. But uh, is there uh, one type? Is there one director uh, or uh, actor or actress that you really want to work with that you haven't had a chance to work with yet? That's like your all time. I really want to work with this person. Oh man, there, there's a few. Um, I would definitely love to work with Dee Wallace. I I absolutely adore adore her. Um, as far as uh, male uh, male actors go, David Howard Thornton would be one that I would love to act with. Um, I actually got to be his like volunteer handler at a con that we had here uh, this this past February, and. Um, he was just an amazing person. Um, I got to learn kind of how to interact with fans uh, from him. And uh, whenever I went to my first con uh, as, as like, a, a vendor, um, you know, I, I used what I learned from him, you know, to, to interact with the people that came up to the table that I was uh, hosting. Um, I mean, there's, just, there's just so many. I'm supposed to be slated to, to work with uh, Lynn Lowry, 
um, on Witch on a Walker. Um, and she's also going to be in uh, Wolf Hollow as well. Um, yeah, but those, those are the names that definitely come to mind, like, immediately. Now, uh, with all the with all the movies that uh, you have in uh, pre-production, um, do you, with, with, with the schedule and all this stuff going on, do you, like, uh, like go uh, on set for one movie, like, a couple days, and then go to the next set for a couple days, and then you got to be in the set for one movie for a week? Kind of take us through what kind of schedule that you have to maintain with all the movies that you have in pre-production that you're going to be involved in? My planner is my best friend. <laughs> I have to be extremely organized, um, you know, to be able to to plan to be on set for for all of these. And technically, like, I'll, I'll try to plan um, each, um, like, set that I'm on to where I'm there, you know, like, day before. And then um, I try to get all my filming done as soon as possible. Um, and then I'll, you know, I'll try to come home for at least a couple days so I can get a breather. And then I'll go back out to the next set. Now, this summer will be kind of hard because I'm going to Pennsylvania and then I'm going to Kentucky and then I'm going to Texas. Um, but there's like two or three days between each set that I'll have to, you know, prepare and uh yeah, get ready for the next uh, next uh, job. Uh, Angel Bradford's our guest here on eighty nine point one Kens FM. We got uh, well, we got about five or so minutes here with uh, uh, with Angel. Now, do you ever do you do uh, ever do double duty on set? Uh, you know, being in the film and then do makeup, or do you? Uh, yeah. Do you know what, once yeah. you're selected for the movie, uh, makeup is something that you do? What? Not. Yeah. I- um, I definitely love multitasking um, because, you know, if being just an actress on the set, there can definitely be some downtime, you know, while other people are filming their scenes. Um, and especially in the indie industry, I love to I love to learn. So, you know, anytime there's downtime and if I'm not doing makeup, you know, if there's a way that I can learn how to do sound or if there's a way I can learn, you know, how to do or how to operate a camera um, you know, doing slate. Um, yeah, I definitely love to to multitask, and I think it's I think it's important, especially in the indie industry, for everybody to to work together, you know, as as a team, and you know, make the project that we're working on something you know magical. And uh, you know, I'm kind of curious because you you do makeup. Do you prefer doing your own makeup, or because you're on set, you let someone else do it, or? Um... Or would they not allow you to do your own? Um, I actually really love having my makeup done for me uh, because I'm so used to doing it on other people. So I just I kind of like to see what other makeup artists, you know, visions are in in terms of you know what they read in the script uh, for makeup. That's awesome. Before mm-hmm. we let her go, I have actually one quick question for you guys. Came across. All right, who do you think would win in a battle between Laurie Strode and Sidney Prescott? Oh, oh, oh. Uh, I, you know, I'd have to say Sidney. You say? You say um, Sidney? Okay. I I would say Sidney because, I mean, I've seen Laurie Strode in the hospital so many times, and when have you ever seen Sidney, you know, like in the hospital? 
<laughs> once. She was in once in Scream 4 when she uh, when she got stabbed by Jill a few times, and then she ended up killing Jill with the uh, defibrillator. But we have seen Laurie Strode in there more times than that. But it's like, yes. do, you, do you go do you go for the Scream Queen who has faced this uh, faced this just unbeatable, can't die killer in her brother Michael Myers, or do you go for Sidney Prescott who has been a um, the main attack of these phone-based murders for like six films now or five films excuse me so it's like i gotta say sydney too in my opinion because as you said laurie's been in the hospital more but i've always been a been a sydney prescott fan myself i just had to ask that now that it came to my mind while you guys were talking so yeah it's fine <laughs> you know and uh you know speaking of uh mike myers we're actually going to have uh, mike myers mom on with us um in October, uh, just to let everybody know that, um, his original mom, that is. So uh, real quick here, before we uh, sign off here with uh, Miss Bradford, uh, tell us what else, uh, we kind of went through uh, all the stuff you have on uh, pre-production, uh, so we know that your uh, your year is going to be uh, pretty much full, but uh, what project uh, that you have in pre-production right now are you really looking most forward to uh uh, getting uh, getting started with. Um, I'm really excited uh, for the grind. Um, that's a Texas Chainsaw Massacre fan film, and we actually have uh, the actor. Um, his name is Brett. Uh, he was he's the lost Leatherface. Um, so uh, I'm trying to Brett Wagner. That's that's his last name. Um, and, uh, my friend Amy, Amy Cody is going to be in that too. Um, that's one that I'm really excited for. Um, another one is, uh, Live, Laugh, Die, uh, by Christopher Michael Gastro. Um, uh, Peyton Clark, uh, from the Disney Channel is going to be in that, um, along with, you know, a few other, uh, big name actors. Uh, I have to look. I, I'm even looking through my my IMDb because <laughs> I have so much that's going on. It's it's hard for me to to keep it straight sometimes. Um, yeah, that those are probably the two that I'm most looking forward to. But I, that's definitely not throwing shade at any of the other projects because I'm excited for all of them. And. Uh, um... We we know that uh, I, I believe you may have some on the way, but uh, we're we're kind of hoping that you might be willing to uh, send us some autographs for giveaways for our, our fans that are listening at the uh, at the present. Oh, for sure, most definitely. I I don't mind sending any at all. I actually have some uh, setting out that I will uh, uh, be signing and I'll be sending out uh, by the end of this week uh, for you guys. Awesome. Well, and real quick here, if our fans want to check you out, you have a Facebook, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok, a uh, I'm going to scream at you, whatever. What, what do you got? <laughs> uh, yes. So um, as far as Facebook goes, all you have to do is look up my name, uh, Angel Bradford. Um, my Instagram and my TikTok uh, are the same, uh, Angel Nicole, uh, N-I-C-H-O-L-E dot B. Awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, Angel, we do uh we do appreciate uh 
you being on with us. And, you know, if you ha- we haven't uh, scared you away uh, at all, we'd like to have you back on with us again and uh, hook us up with uh, some of the directors. And uh, I'll get them on the show if they can uh, get me and Matthias as, um, I don't know, maybe the – the Kill Brothers or something, I don't know. Uh, we would uh, definitely appreciate anything you can do to help uh, get uh, some guests for us. No, oh, absolutely. I would uh, I would love to be back on, and I'll um, definitely reach out to who I can and um, get, some, get some more guests for your show. And I do promise uh, to stop calling you at 2 in the morning because uh, that was the first time I ever experienced your scream because uh, I called you, I think it was four times at 2 in the morning, and then the fourth time you just screamed at me and hung up, so I got the message uh, to call later on during the day. I got it. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> All right. Th- thanks, Angel. You've been wonderful. Thank you so much. We appreciate you being on with thanks us. Thanks for being on. Thank you all so much. <laughs> All right, Angel Bradford. And uh, our, our next guest is going to be even uh, cooler, but we need to take a quick timeout, hear from one of our sponsors, and we'll be back after we hear these messages. As you know, 89.1 Ken's FM is funded through donations by our listeners and sponsorships from area businesses. If your business would like to sponsor Ken's FM and reach thousands of young adults and college students every day, contact us at 218-585-3067 or at info at kensfm.com. Any one of us can help you get your sponsorship started. We have many packages available to fit your budget. So contact us today at 218-585-3067 or at info at kensfm.com. And thanks for listening to 89.1 Ken's FM. And uh, we definitely uh, would like you to advertise with us. And, uh, you know, the best thing about advertising on the radio is it's a way to invite your customers into your business. And radio advertising is the best way to start with that. So uh, you can contact us. We'll get you set up, and uh, we'll uh, we'll give you all the sponsorship packages and uh, all the different commercial packages that we can run for you. And uh, we would definitely like to have you as an advertiser. And uh, the best way to reach your customers is through the airways. And uh, speaking of that, speaking of airways, we have our next guest waiting in the wings right now, walking down the aisle, about to step in the ring. He is a horror man himself. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Steve Hansen. Hey, this is Steve Hansen. You're listening to the Attitude Era, Monday Live Monday on 9... 9- 89.1 Ken's FM with your host, the icon, the big swing, Granny Holster, and the modern nightmare, Matthews. Hey, hey, hey what's up, guys? How are you? Uh, we I'm have, good. Uh, Thank you. Good. We have uh, Steve Hansen as our guest, and uh, if, you, uh, if you've never seen what Steve Hansen looks like, uh, basically um, Sam Elliott stole his gimmick. Uh, we'll go with that. Uh, so uh, here's how we'll do this, Steve. If you want to uh, give us a little background about yourself, and then uh, I'll ask you a few questions, then we'll do a roundtable, then we'll ask you the tougher questions. All right. Sounds good. Uh, let's see here. Uh, well, I'm a father of three, a married man, and I've been into horror pretty much my whole life. Uh, when I was a when I was a youngster, I used to watch the, the horror movies and 
try to figure out how all the effects were done. And my mind was always in a little different place. And uh, I don't know, Halloween comes and I always go crazy. And me and my oldest son, we always dress up similar and have a blast. And uh, about seven years, six, seven years now, I came up with a character named Nameless. And, uh, yeah, it's apparently taken off. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, uh, for those of you who, uh, who, uh, have never, uh, seen, um, uh, Steve, uh, and his work, uh, we're going to, we're going to get into all that, but, uh, you, um, you have an interesting, um, uh, an interesting array of things that you, you've done in Benian. Uh, what, uh, to date, what has been uh, the favorite, uh, your favorite role that you've done? Well, my favorite role is definitely Nameless. Um, having the opportunity to work at Tom Devlin's Fright Zone was just amazing. I found a whole other family that I, I never had, so definitely Nameless. And uh, when you, uh, when, uh, did you, uh, was this a character that, uh, that uh, was given to you, or did you kind of help uh, develop it? Well, it was a funny thing. I I was doing the scary clown gig for years and years and years, uh, right after I was the devil. And then I just, these people started taking the clown gig a, t- a tad bit too far a few years back. Well, apparently about seven years ago, six, seven years ago. And they would stand on corners and harass people and, just scare people throughout the year, which wasn't really taken well. And so I didn't want to be associated with that. So I sat around one night and dreamed up this character. And there you got Nameless. It was 100% all me. And Tom and, Devlin approached me in it. And uh, we we uh, we do appreciate you using the PG language on that. We uh, thank you on that. Uh, we are on 89.1 Kens FM. We are live here, and uh, we have uh, Steve Hansen as our guest. Gotcha. Now, uh, if you can let us know what exactly uh, Tom Devlin's Monster Museum is, like where is it located, and uh, um, is it like a like a museum? Well, it's obviously a museum, but is it like a like a tourist attraction where people can uh, pay to get uh, scared and stuff like that? Kind of tell us what that is. Well, throughout the year, we uh, Tom does several different scares. We just got through doing a haunted Easter egg hunt, which was an absolute blast. We had a, a, a lot of kids showed up for that, really young kids, because in the Easter eggs, we would hide different prizes. And that was just a blast. So as well as, you know, the whole uh, month of October, we do the Fright Zone there, which that's more adult-orientated. But, hey, if you bring your kid, we're going to give you memories. <laughs> He's located uh, uh, just outside of Las Vegas. Uh, Steve Hansen's our guest here. We're on 89.1 Ken's FM. we got uh, 37 minutes with man. Well, I'll tell you what. We're going to do a roundtable here. Uh, we'll start with uh, Granny. Uh I, I know that uh, Granny just likes her horror films, so what do you got for our guest, Steve Hansen? Go ahead, Granny. Well, welcome to the show. We're glad to have you on. Uh, what has been one of the most interesting movies that you've been a part of? I would have to give that credit to Eric Mathis's uh, horror anthology, The Macabre. Uh, that was 
the people I got to meet on the set of that were just amazing. And I actually made some lifelong friends. That's awesome. Uh, and uh, Steve Hansen is our guest here on 89.1 Kansas App. Now, uh, Steve, uh, our other co-host, uh, Matthias, he loves the uh, he loves the horror film stuff, and he loves the uh, he loves the genre. And I know that he's got a lot of questions for you. So, uh, Matthias, go ahead. Well, first off, I want to welcome you on to the show. It's always a pleasure having another fellow horror fan on. First off, I wanted to quickly tell a story about a clown. So, what happened was. We were at the Haunted <laughs> Fort, I believe, in Mandan, North Dakota. So it was like a little scary. It was a haunted maze kind of situation, haunted house. Well, I was with uh, two people. Um, they were dating at the time, and I, they're engaged now. So congratulations to them. But anyway, uh, the guy has uh, cerebral palsy, so he can't walk as well as other people normally can. So we were in the house, and it was full of clowns, like killer clowns, scary clowns, whatever. And he is just deathly afraid of clowns. But he got through the house. And then we were exiting the house, and there was a deck that had, like, ten stairs down it. So we were going to slowly take him down or so we could go to the next house. And a clown with a chainsaw snuck up behind him, revved the chainsaw. He saw that turn and just started tarting down the steps and just ate it and fell and uh. went down the stairs. And the clown came and, you know, made sure he was okay. But I went and picked him up, and he was okay. He was just like, that scared the you-know-what's out of me. I'm like, yeah, that's what happened. But we all laughed about it in the end. But he was like, that was definitely not expected. And the clown didn't expect it either. But uh, if I did hear you correct, you were part of a film by director of Eric Mathis is his name. Did you say that right? Yes. Okay, yes, well, my actual – my 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 – my shoot name is Eric Mathias, so I was like, huh, that sounds kind of familiar to my name. Um, but anyway, that was a story for another time, because I was like, that sounds exactly like my name. Um, but then, so I, I asked our previous guest, and I'm going to have to ask you the same question, because you're also a fellow horror movie fan. I don't know if you were paying attention to our previous guest or if you just tuned in. Um, what I asked was, I what Angel is one Bradford, of your... by the way. Oh, perfect, perfect. Um, so what can you say is one of your favorite horror films of all time and name one of your, uh, most favorite kills of all time in a horror film? Hmm. You know, I'm going to have to go to the Hills oh, Have Eyes. put on the spot, huh? Yeah. I'm going to have to go with the, hill, the Hills Have Eyes where they killed the father and they hung him up in the, up on the hill. That just really stuck to me to this day okay okay and then what was one of your uh favorite horror films that you like maybe saw when you were younger or something that kind of got you influenced to be a part of the uh horror genre as a as a future career <laughs> well here's a funny story for you then i'm going to share you share with you one of mine when i was just a little kid and nightmare on elm street just came out I did, I snuck into my room and I'm watching that. And I had my bedroom had these bushes that would rub against my window when the when the wind came up. And sure enough, mm -hmm. after watching that movie, I was up all night thinking Freddie's scratching on my window. <laughs> <laughs> makes sense though. It does make sense. But then you got to think you're not asleep, just, but you know still Oh, well, the, you're a little kid. You're definitely hearing all those noises after watching a classic like that. 
Absolutely, absolutely. I would have I would have been out the next day cutting down those bushes from my window uh, immediately. <laughs> I just thought how how can I give that feeling to somebody else? And I've just uh, it just stuck with me from when I was a little kid. Well, you mentioned you have three kids. Did you plant bushes out in front of all their windows? <laughs> no, I drug them along with me. I bring my daughter. She's my youngest now. My my two boys are grown and gone. My my youngest is 14, and I drag her along to the haunts at uh, Tom Devlin's. <laughs> now uh, we have uh, we have uh, Steve Hansen's our guest here on 89.1 Kens FM. Now uh, there is one picture that our, our uh, we asked our fans to submit questions, and one of uh, one of the uh, questions that everybody asks is, uh, you have a picture uh, on your Facebook page, uh, actually taken, uh, put on your Facebook page on my birthday, January seventh, twenty seventh, like some kind of sea creature. Is that you? Sea creature. Hmm. January twenty yeah, like, seventh. Yeah, it's like got like four arms and uh, uh, it's got like no ah. nose. Is that you? I'm glad you asked that. Yeah, as a matter of fact, that will be me. Um, Tom Devlin was involved with a movie, I think it was in 2012, called The Princess from Mars with um, Antonio Sabato Jr. and Tracy Lords. Well, we are in the process of doing a 13-part series of continuing that movie that he had done way back then. Um, that was actually a book that was written in the early 1900s by Edgar Rice Burroughs. And he was, uh, I believe he's the author of Tarzan, if I'm not mistaken. Right, right. Yep, correct. So we are, about the last month and a half, we've been doing a uh, weapons training with Alan Woodsman, uh, who's a well-known Hollywood stuntman and, and weapons guy. And we've been doing... We've been training so we can do this series, and I will be playing that gentleman right there, which his name is Tars. Now, uh, do you uh, know if uh, they're going to need any uh, extras uh, uh, in the film that you could uh, probably uh, get me uh, a part in? (laughs) We're going to need a ton of extras. We're going to have aliens from Mars coming out of everywhere. (laughs) Uh, I mean, you know, like I say, I'd you know, I'd be well. I'm already forever in your debt for being on the show. But if you could, if you could get me uh, as as an extra, like even the guy that uh, gets like like thrown out of a spaceship or something, uh, or uh, you know, uh, gets attacked uh, by like wolves or something, I guarantee you everybody here in Fargo, North Dakota, <laughs> would be lined up to see that at the theater when it uh, when it shows up. <laughs> well, you know what? We might have to talk about this. Let's see what we can arrange because we're going to be doing all our filming out here in uh, the outskirts of Vegas, which I own twenty. I own a few acres, and uh, we're going to be doing some filming over at uh, Tom's place, and it's all going to be out west. So, pack your bags. Well, definitely, and uh, I, I'm sure it'll help if I promise not to keep calling you at uh, three in the morning. Uh, you know, if I stop calling you at three in the morning, maybe you can get me a roll there. Yeah, we'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, I have a, you know, uh, your Facebook page is is just awesome. I have a, I have a, a question on a few other people that you have on your Facebook page. 
Uh, you can let us know if they're like friends or directors or people that you were just trying to scare. Uh, uh, you have uh, there's one picture where you're dressed as nameless and uh, you're uh, you're coming from behind with this guy that looks like Santa Claus. Uh, who is that? <laughs> you know, um, he's actually one of the gentlemen that made my old butt get motivated to pursue pursue a career with my nameless and the whole thing. Uh, that's Drew Marvick. He's a pretty big actor right now in the indie world, as well as a lot of people don't know. He does a lot of producing. Would you and be able to get him as a guest on our show? Um, it's possible. I can give him a call. Awesome. He's actually now, involved uh, in a lot of the things we do with uh, out at the museum. Yeah, you, and you can let him know how cool, uh, you know, Granny is and uh, how uh, awesome Matthias is. But you can say, hey, I'll tell you what, there's a guy on that show, man. He's got an ego that uh, stretches uh, the equator, and he's the icon. You guys would love talking to him. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll give him a call. So uh, we have uh, we have Steve Hansen as our guest here, and we're on 89.1 Kansas FM. So uh, kind of take us through uh, what projects that you're working on now uh, that uh, you got upcoming uh, besides, uh, besides Nameless. Well, I'm working with uh, James Carnes, and he's making a Resident Evil fan film uh, where I'm going to be playing the villain in that. My name will be Nikolai. That's, you know, a big stretch from walking around with a bag on my head. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Uh, we've got the Chronicles of Mars with Tom Devlin. Um, we've got Nameless, which is the script is being written, finished up now. Um, golly, I don't know. There's a There's a few different things. I know I'm forgetting people. Well, you know, I'm I'm kind of curious about uh, your costume for Nameless. Now, it's uh, I believe what is it? It's a, it's a burlap sack. Is that what it is? Yeah, actually, I you know I I learned as I went along with that. And uh, at first, I had I had envisioned myself sitting in this old shed in the woods somewhere, or out in the middle of the desert somewhere, and looking around this shed on what I would use to make a mask out of and burlap sack popped into my head so i grabbed some burlap and some leather and i made this mask first well you know burlap's not real comfortable <laughs> so i ended well, up you know, lining gonna, the whole thing now, you know you're filming for what 10 12 13 14 hours a day and you, you know you're wearing this mask and it's a burlap sack and you know and you got the all the lights and everything i mean you got to be sweating buckets right yeah well you know the thing about it is is with doing a, a haunt you have no breaks you're you're on from the time that they open that line till that last customer goes through and you put yourself through some really hard times, and I think that really helps out with with this situation. And uh, what what is your when you when you're at the museum? What is your typical day? Uh, you go like from seven to midnight, or what, what? What's your day like? Well, actually, I'm my job is not at the museum. I work at one of the casino hotels here in Vegas, and I'm a thirty year marble mason. And this is just like my 
my fun thing that I do in my free time. So I go out and do whatever the heck Tom needs me to do. We actually just, like I said, we have the Easter haunt and every time you're at Tom's, this guy, man, his mind is never stops. We're out there and he's like, well, you know what? Why don't we film this? So before you know it, we're out there filming till 10 o'clock at night. Now have, uh, has there ever been uh, a role that, uh, what, that that you really really want to do, like an actor or actress or director, you really like to work with. Who would that be? Hmm. That's a good question. You know, I, uh, that's a little on the spot. Uh, let's see, who would I like to work with? Well. Clive Barker, if it's at all possible, he would be my absolute most favorite. I've always loved the, his books, and the, the man is just a horror genius, in my opinion. Well, you know, uh, I mentioned earlier, uh, you know, I think, you know, if you if you could ever do a movie with Sam Elliott, I think you guys would be perfect together. I mean, because you guys have the same kind of similar voice. You could be like, like uh, brothers or something. You know, that would be cool to work with him, wouldn't it? Oh, definitely. I've always been a fan of his. Uh, you know, and this I'm I'm horror through and through in my blood, so I'm really going out of my comfort zone for the sci-fi. But I, I believe in Tom, and I'm really having a good time. This weapons training is a blast, and the weapons training ended up getting me some stuff where I'm killed in a music video for a rapper, which was just an absolute blast. So I'm just having fun on the journey and seeing what's come coming up i don't really have any target person that i'm going for or anything like that well you you well with that being said then if you uh had to say that uh when you started doing this uh you know i'm sure you mentioned you know you probably didn't uh think it would take take it you'd take it this far it would go this far but uh if there was like an ultimate um type of film that you yourself like could make or direct what kind of film would it be definitely horror i love horror and horror is pretty hot i mean people love horror right now it's it's the thing and i've loved it my whole life but it really seems to be popular right now and as cheesy as it sounds i would love to have all my friends drew tom yeah, that's so many. Jace, I have so many different friends that I would love to have involved in a project that really just took off, and I, I would love to bring everybody with me. Well, you know, uh, you and I are friends, so that would be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, we have, that's right. Uh, I did some voice work too. That's right. We we have uh, Mr. Hansen as our guest here. Uh, another question that one of our fans uh, sent in and asked about was, uh, 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 I believe that that's your dog, um, on the uh, on your on your Facebook page. Uh, well, we're oh Mac Mac the Mac the Pitbull. Everybody loves Mac the Pit Pitbull. He ran How around the set of the macabre for hours. Oh, golly, I think I've had him seven years, eight years now. Best dog and, uh, I ever owned. And he, he loves the horror films, huh? 
Oh, absolutely. He he's more interested in the people, not what's going on. So he he ignores all the cameras and the lights and the goofball stuff that's running around in the background. And usually, when we filmed the macabre, he mo- he spent most of his time with uh, the thirteen FX crew, thirteen thirteen FX, which is Tom's, uh, in the makeup tent, just hanging out, being petted, and being there all around, buddy. <laughs> You know, because I'll tell you what, I, you know, if they ever did a remake of uh, the the great horror film Dracula's Dog, uh, I think he'd make hmm. a he'd make perfect. <laughs> he'd have a great starring role in that. Well, we are going to put him in Nameless, so you'll see him. Awesome. Uh, now, uh, does uh, I, you know, you'll probably uh, I, I'll understand I'll understand if you don't want to answer this question, but what kind of uh, talent fee uh, does uh, does uh, the puppy get, and uh, since you're his agent, what kind of cut do you get? Well, you know, I'm not a very selfish man, so I, he'll he'll definitely get 100%. Um, I just love the little guy. He's He replaced my oldest son when he moved out. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we know that uh, both uh, Granny and Granny, uh, 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 Matthias, they they love their uh, puppy dogs too, and I, I have one uh, myself. His name is a little Homer. His name is Homer Icon Diggs, and uh, he, uh, you know, pets are uh, are the reason why uh, you know I think we're all happy these days is because we have pets. But uh, Steve Hansen, our guest here on eighty nine point one Kens FM. Now, there's one movie that I I got to ask you about, um, uh, Clown Motel. Uh, uh, I believe it's been Clown Motel. I believe there's either been one or two sequels for that. Um, tell, uh, tell us a little bit about, uh, about Clown Motel. Well, Clown Motel was one of those when I was being a clown that I would, thought I would love to be in, which I would still love to be in, but I wasn't. Um, it was filmed right up the street from where my property is, actually, at the Clown Motel. And, ah. Uh, Great films. There was, I think it was Clown Motel 1 and 2, if I remember correctly. I'm, I apologize if I'm missing the third. Uh, no, that, that's right. It was uh, Clown Motel from 2016, and then Clown Motel Spirits Arrive in tw- uh, 2019. And you were in both of those, Which, right? Which, no, sir, I was not. But I actually have a few friends that were involved with that, that were in it. And uh, being, uh, uh, do you, you know, you mentioned that, uh, you know, you, you you stopped being a clown because, you know, a lot of people were taking that too far. But uh, where uh, would you want to see uh, the nameless character go? Do you want to have it become like, uh, you know, like a Nightmare on Elm Street or a Friday the 13th thing where you have, like, nameless 1, 2, 3, nameless 27, son of nameless, stuff like that? Well, <laughs> son of nameless is actually definitely something we're looking at because my son was actually he he made his own nameless mask when we created these and uh i'm i want to pass the torch a little bit to to my boy and so that that's something i'm looking into i would like i would like to hit up there with Kane with his with the friday the 13th um that would be nice but i have a feeling we're going to be a little uh, more bloody and a little bit more grungy that's awesome. Uh, Steve Hansen, our guest here on 89.1 Kids FM. The the uh, next thing that we want to kind of take you through is uh, when you um, – when, when you're on um, 
with uh, uh, the museum, uh, do you uh, does he like call you like in for special events for uh, Tom Devlin, or uh, do you uh, do you say, hey, I'm free this week, uh, can I come out, or does he like book you like months in advance? Uh, what kind of schedule does he usually keep with you? Uh, well, like the the haunt we did last year, he he had, he co- contacted me probably two to three months in advance and asked me if I'd like to bring my character to the haunt and be a feature actor. And you know, I, I have a lot of respect for Tom, so of course. And then after that, we've just really developed a a relationship. So I'll stop by every now and again, see if I can help out with stuff. He'll call me up for events that's going on. Uh, little of both. I mean, we've just kind of formed a friendship over this last year, and he's a really great guy and extremely talented. The man has got more talent than God, a lot of things, man. The guy's amazing. Now, when you were when you were making when you were making the the the, the costume for Nameless and the Mask, uh, how uh, how long did it take you to develop it, and uh, how many different uh, styles did you go through before you you settled on the one that you did well um i pretty much got got the look of it right off the bat i i knew i had the vision already in my head uh but as far as the full character development meaning uh coveralls the the um the hog splitter the name that all took me about four years five years and uh you know um your your costume uh you know uh that uh you know uh was it uh, Jeff Foxworth said hey man that guy's going to have a job with a name on his shirt <laughs> and that's you <laughs> <laughs> I got a name list on my shirt <laughs> <laughs> Oh this this is awesome we have uh we have uh, uh, Mr. Hanson as our guest here, and uh, he's uh, he's just a wonderful, wonderful guy. And we we uh, fans in the chat room right now are, are saying how much they love your voice. And uh, now you said you do uh, you do voiceover work. Uh, let's say that if our fans wanted to check you out and see you, you got a Facebook, you have an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok, a Go Scare Me. What do you got? <laughs> well, I'm, uh, you know, I'm 50 years old, so I, I kind of missed out on a lot of that whole social media stuff. But I do have a Facebook and an Instagram. My Facebook is just Steve Hansen, and you'll see a picture of Nameless, uh, and I'm from Las Vegas. Uh, my Instagram is sh sh72, shoot. At Instagram or whatever the heck that is. I'm um, I'm S H S H Hanson seventy two. Awesome. So now with all the uh, with all the uh, with the summer months coming on, and uh, you know uh, we're here in uh, Fargo, North Dakota, where we just had a white Easter, uh, so uh, we're still waiting for spring to show up here. Uh, what uh, what's the summer looking like for you? Uh, unfortunately, it's going to stop all kinds of production and fun around here because it'll probably get to 115, 113. Well, hey, you guys, listen and rub that in on us, would you? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I thought that's those are your peak months, I would imagine. Right, right. Uh, Steve Hansen's our guest here, and as everybody knows, we do have a uh, 
Uh, we do have a uh, assignment for everybody. You go to our uh, Attitude Era Monday Live Monday page like that. You go to 89.1 Kent FN page like that. Do a $10 a month donation to Power of the Tower. Uh, we get you automatically qualified to win a um, an autograph from a past guest, future guest, or current guest. And uh, see, would you be willing to uh, send us a few autographs there for a giveaway? Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I was actually meaning to do that ahead of time, but I got so involved with this filming that we were doing and the haunt that it didn't happen, and I apologize, guys. I'll get on that. Oh, cool. Now, uh, you know, you mentioned you had the uh, the Easter haunt. Uh, so basically uh, you uh, were trying to scare kids from stealing the eggs or uh, kind of let us know what you, what you guys were doing. Uh, haunting, uh, haunting during Easter egg uh, hunt. I know, rather odd, right? Uh, yeah, well, you know, that's Tom for you again. And this was our first year ever. It's, we, 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 there was a lot more kids than I expected. I kind of figured it was going to be an adult Easter egg hunt, but it turned out to be a kid one. Uh, I, I have a tendency, even though I'm not supposed to, I ease up a little bit on the kids that I see the fear in their eyes, and I'll high-five them plus scare them. Uh, the adults, sorry, no mercy. You paid. You get what you can. You got what you paid for. <laughs> so I, I guess my question is, when you noticed that all these kids were there, uh, were you guys, like, talking before uh, the door opened, like, oh, man, look at all those kids. I mean, we need to we need to pull back the reins on this a little bit, but... Uh, you know, we'll leave, we'll leave the kids get the eggs, and we'll scare their parents. <laughs> uh, you know, no, um, not really. <laughs> no, okay. We didn't have that conversation. No, we're uh, we're we believe in the old school hunt. If you don't want your your kid to be scared, then don't bring your kid to the hunt. I mean, that's just. If not, well, hey, I know that I'm still telling stories from people that scared me when I was a little kid that age, and I love it. Now now I sit here and laugh about it. Those are lifelong memories I'll hold forever. So we kind of go in with that philosophy. Now, now, when you uh, when you do uh, when you when you scare people doing your stuff, uh, do you uh, use any of the stuff that scared you uh, when you were a kid? Probably. You know, I, I actually I do. I like a lot of I like making a, a real dramatic entrance. Um, I'm I'm a pretty large man, so my size alone intimidates people. And then I, we hooked up um, we hooked up a motorcycle battery to my to my uh, hog splitter, and we used that. And I hit this metal gate that I had grounded out, and so I'd throw sparks all over everybody, and then I would jump out and I. Obviously, I have a loud, boisterous voice, and so I'd make use of that, which really, yeah, those are memories for me. Now, uh, now you were you were nameless, right, when you were doing the, the haunt, right? Um, I played, first I played Baphomet. Um, I was at the Freakling Brothers, uh, which is, I worked at the only haunt in Nevada that we could actually touch you. You had to sign a waiver for which was fun. I mean, really made it easy to deal with those awkward teenage boys that are trying to show off for their girls. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I can just about imagine. Uh so uh so basically what happened is um the uh, a teenage guy comes in, he's got his girlfriend on his arm and he's being all big and macho and you're like 
hey, I got to go put a stop to that. Well, and I was wearing, at the time, I was wearing hooves that put me up another foot. So I'm, I was over seven feet tall. And then you had the horns onto that, which was another two feet. And uh, that was a rather intimidating character. But I had a few of them that would get mouthy, you know, and they forget what they paid for. They paid to be scared. And they would show up with this attitude like, you can't scare me. And that's frustrating for us haunt talk actors because that's what we're, that's what you paid us for. And don't, don't come playing tough guy. Well, let, let me ask you this: what, what, what is it, what is it, what is it, your your uh, what is your exact status? Height, weight, uh, you know, so people can kind of figure out uh, why the why your voice fits your uh, profile. Uh, well, I'm six five, two hundred and sixty pounds. And uh, I guess the question is, why did you not become a wrestler? <laughs> again you know that's the funny part about this whole technology thing my 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 kids brought me into it i didn't realize how how convenient it was to be able to reach out to people and be seen um so i just sat around and and thought that my world was my neighborhood and a lot of the things i did here was just to the people that were around me. I had no idea about the Internet and all this fun stuff. So, well, you know, one thing I don't think I asked is, what was your very first gig that you ever did? <sighs> paying gig? Well, no, just, well, it well it could be paying or non-paying, just because you thought it would be fun to do. Well, I did a lot of things for neighborhood haunts when I was younger. Um, that was probably the first things I did. Everyone, I, it's just I'm menacing, you know, people not sure about me. <laughs> so uh, we have uh, we have Steve Hansen, the guest. And, you know, Steve, I'll tell you what, I just want to let you know that uh, you have been just the nicest guy to me. Uh, and I'm sure if we ever meet in person, it would change. But uh, just ask my coworkers. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, what um, what advice would you give uh, to someone out there that uh, actually wanted to get in the horror business uh, and do what you do? What advice would you give them? I would say to be thankful, be appreciative, and be supportive. Uh, come into the industry and support your favorite independent actor. Uh, support your favorite haunt actor. Get behind them. Follow them on social media. Do all this stuff. And really be, try to be a, a productive member of the community. And after a while, people want to see more of you. And the feeling you leave them with is the feeling that they remember you by. That's awesome. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, what is um, what is your uh, your current thing that uh, you you said? You know, you mentioned that uh, you take your daughter to uh, your your appearances, and uh, you know your your sons have moved out and all that stuff. But uh, does your daughter want to get involved in this stuff too? Get in uh, to screaming people? Maybe you can do like a father-daughter scream-a-thon uh, bonding session or something? 
<laughs> that's the funny thing is this these these teenagers now are so sucked into these video games i mean back when when i was a kid we had to ride our bikes or our skateboards over to our friend's house and that was how we played video games now everything yeah, we is had online pong. So. we had pong we had pong <laughs> exactly coleco you know we had all that <laughs> fun stuff so uh, now when I can drag her away from the, the computer, she actually has a great time. So I, I, the more that I can get her to do, the the happier we'll both be. She just doesn't know it yet. Awesome. Well, you know, I'll tell you what, uh, Steve, you have been so wonderful. Uh, I am glad that you took time on your schedule to uh, join us. And uh, if uh, we didn't uh, scare you, well, it would be tough to scare you because you're like 6'10 or whatever the hell heck it is. Uh, but uh, if uh, we would we would definitely like to have you back on again. And if there's any way that you can get uh, Tom Devlin on with us, uh, we we would like to we'd like to talk to him and uh uh, I promise I won't uh, beg him for a role right away. I'll wait till the last two minutes of the interview before I do that. <laughs> Don't be trying to steal my roles. Okay. All right. Well, no, you're bigger than me. I. <laughs> uh, you yeah, know, definitely. It, it, I'll, uh, I'll I'll see Tom this later on this week. We've we're doing more weapons training this week, and I think I have a live cast coming up where. You know, he's going to be taking a mold of, of the top half of my body to be able to make the Tars costume. So we're, um, I'll be seeing him quite a bit. I'll, I'll, I actually called him a little bit before the show to make sure that I could speak about the Chronicles of Mars a little bit. So he's aware of, yeah, and I'll, uh, I'll see what he's up to, see if I can't get him on. Well, I got one more question then before we, you know, you said they're making a mold of your body. Uh, so what, are you going to be like makeup for like 12 hours or like, like, they like plaster you with plastic or whatever? Well, that's the cool thing now is um, I just watched another actor get molded for uh, The Devil's Night, a Mahal's production, and Tom Tom was doing the mold when I was out there. And it's this new high-tech cool gel. I mean, it's like almost it's almost like a, it feels like a silicone, but when you touch it, it's cold. And it's probably uh, well, I'm looking at about two hours, I'd say. And uh, I'm guessing once they're done with the mold, you are going to request that they give that to you so you can put it up in your man cave. <laughs> Absolutely not. I want to come into the museum and see myself in there. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, Steve, you have been wonderful. Uh, if you could, uh, like I say, pass my information on to Tom, I promise I won't uh, call you at uh, 2 in the morning anymore. Uh, I promise you that. And, uh, you know, you mentioned uh, stealing your roles. If, I I don't think I could ever do that because if uh, there would ever be a battle between you and I, it would be like um, – I know it'd be like uh, Biff Tannen versus George McFly uh, is what it would be like. Uh, I'd probably get one lucky <laughs> one lucky hit in there, and then uh, you'd come after me. <laughs> hey, that's all it but takes you, is that one lucky hit. <laughs> all right, man. Thank you, Steve, for joining us. You're awesome. Thank you. You bet. Thank you for having me on, guys. All right. Steve Hansen, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, uh, another great show. What do you think, guys? Uh, Granny's back. Um uh, hey, Matthias, uh, you know, I don't know if you noticed this or not. I'm sure you did. But did you notice uh, you're actually getting uh, kudos on the introduction now? Did you notice that? Yeah, I, I kind of saw that. 
the modern nightmare, is that what you're calling me, huh? Uh, well, I hope you don't mind. No, uh, not at all. Not at all. That, it, that was interesting. I was like, I was wondering, like, what that extra, extra introduction was for, and then when everybody kept messing up the name, I'm like, ah, I know it's for me. Well, you know, it's funny. Uh, no one mispronounced Modern Nightmare, but they didn't mispronounce your name. <laughs> yeah, that is what it is. It's it's normally, I've been called Mateus, I've been called Mathis, I've been called Matthias, I've been called everything in the book, so no, no, no uh, offense taken anywhere. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, I, I definitely got, uh, uh, I'm going to start rolling out a uh, a preview, um, a show promo for us and we're going to use a lot of uh uh we're going to use a lot of uh stuff from Neil Pruitt when he's on with us and uh, I think what I'm going to do is uh, uh throw in those uh and we're also we have what's his name and then I'll have those three pay no no it's Matthias and then we'll go from there awesome. so so anyway uh we're going to have a big show next week so be checking out our Facebook page Attitude Era Monday Live Monday to see who's going to be on and uh also uh Send a friend's request to uh, Matthias. Uh, you can find him on Facebook. Uh, send a, a Facebook request, a friend's request to uh, Granny Hulkster. Uh If Granny would let, let me give her real name, I'm sure that would be, not be a problem. Would it be Granny? That's fine. All right. So Lori Bird is her name. Um, you can find her. You can find Eric Matthias. And, of course, you can always find Icon um uh, uh, icon on Facebook, um, and we're gonna we're gonna do a little contest here. We're gonna start it uh, the first week in May and go through the end of May to see who gets more friends requests. And I guarantee it probably won't be me. Uh, but uh, I, I, here's the way I figured out it's gonna be: it's gonna go Granny, Matthias, fifty feet of dirt, then the icon, and then big swing. That's probably what's going to happen. I think that's a good ranking. <laughs> so until next week, everybody, we want you to love each other, care for each other. Uh, we'll be back same time, same channel next Monday night, 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. on 89.1 Kens FM. Until we see you next week, we all love you. Be safe and see you next week. You think you know me.